Welcome back. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster. This podcast contains explicit content and is not for people under the ages of 18. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Alyssa Bustamante. Her life was tragic and peaked with a horrific, horrific story. Alyssa was born in Cole, Missouri to parents Caesar and Michelle Bustamante. Alyssa also had two younger brothers and a younger half-sister. Unfortunately, Caesar and Michelle had drug issues, and Caesar was in and out of jail, and it seems like more in. At the age of seven, Alyssa's grandmother became her and her brothers and sisters' legal guardian. Alyssa's mother had left her father and taken the children to California where the grandparents lived. The grandparents tried to help Alyssa's mother take good care of the children. They set them up in a little trailer and just tried to be supportive. But unfortunately, Alyssa's mother was only 16 when she had her. And she had issues. And they found that more often than not, she was passed out in the house, not taking care of the children. They didn't want to take the children from her, but they did think it was in the best interest of the children. And that's how the grandparents became the guardians of the children. It seems to me that Alyssa's mother mostly had run-ins with the police for drinking. She had alcohol abuse problems. But she also had trouble with things like paying her rent, and her priorities just weren't straight. Alyssa's father, on the other hand seemed to get himself into more serious trouble. It seems like he probably had violent tendencies because he served three consecutive terms for felony assault. It must be hard to grow up without either of your parents. I really feel for children who grow up in broken worlds like this. I do know that Alyssa's grandparents, they seem like well-rounded, normal people. And they did try to give these kids a good upbringing. Alyssa's problematic upbringing definitely showed. She would post risque type things on social media. Her pictures weren't so much provocative. I mean, maybe somewhat. They were definitely more of a gothic type, which is fine. I don't see that as strange. But paired with what she would do... It really makes you take a different look at these pictures. They really take on a new meaning. She would cover her eyes with her hair and even put blood around her mouth. There's pictures where she put like triangles um, below her eyes, kind of like a jester type look, and also had like blood around her mouth. Definitely she was going for a vampire type look. Alyssa had a YouTube channel or maybe it was a YouTube profile, it's not up anymore, but she had listed her hobbies as cutting and killing people. In her pictures, you can see an excessive amount of cuts on her arms. And these are self-inflicted cuts, just sadly covering her arms. I mean, covering, like there is like a hundred of them. This is definitely a young child who needed help. And her creative expressions of violence were not just limited to herself. There's pictures of her pretending to stab another child, 
who appears to be playfully restrained by someone else. And Alyssa recorded a video of herself and her two younger brothers touching an electric fence. Like, she touches the electric fence and then urges her brothers to touch the electric fence as well. She wrote the description of this video is, This is where it gets good. This is where my brothers get hurt. But Alyssa was actually getting help. Because of her multiple suicide attempts, she had received both inpatient and outpatient psychiatric treatment. Alyssa had been on Prozac, and two weeks before things took a really bad turn, her medication had been increased. Alyssa tweeted things like, All I want in life is to find a reason for all this pain. Sometime after her medication was increased, this is like a two-week period we're talking about here, Alyssa dug two graves in a wooded area by her home. And on October 21st, 2009, Elizabeth Olsen was playing with Alyssa's little sister and decided to head home for the evening. When Alyssa called her on her cell phone and told her that she had something for her. Poor nine-year-old Elizabeth was a sweet girl. She was described as sugar and spice and everything nice by all those who knew her. Like so many other little girls, she loved pink and kittens. But Elizabeth knew Alyssa, so she went ahead and followed her. They had all been to school that day, and Elizabeth had been playing with Alyssa's sister for a little while. So it was almost dinner time, and people noticed little nine-year-old Elizabeth missing pretty quickly. Everyone was searching. Police did not falter on this. They assumed, sadly, as one would, that an adult male had taken Elizabeth. The small town the family lived in only had like a thousand residents, and hundreds of people came out to search for sweet Elizabeth. Police were able to ping Elizabeth's cell phone, and it let them know that Elizabeth was in the woods. But they weren't able to ping it for long because the phone went dead. They had a general area, though, and they searched for Elizabeth knowing that she was afraid of the dark, afraid of the woods, and would never have gone into the woods alone. Police quickly realized that Alyssa had called Elizabeth's phone, and they knew that she was the last person to see Elizabeth. They didn't have to look into Alyssa for very long to realize that she had a long, disturbed history and to start to think maybe they weren't looking for an adult male perpetrator, but possibly it was a disturbed 15-year-old girl who was responsible for the disappearance of sweet 9-year-old Elizabeth. Detectives searched Alyssa's house, and I don't know if they had a warrant or if the grandparents just let them in, because even though Alyssa had issues, they did not believe that she had anything to do with Elizabeth's disappearance. They did ask her if she knew anything, and Alyssa admitted that she had seen Elizabeth, but she said the last she knew, Elizabeth was on her way home. 
During their time at the family's home, police recovered some of Alyssa's clothing that seemed muddy and may have had blood on it. And there was a diary that was hidden under a blanket. The last entry in it was scribbled over, and I mean really scribbled over. Police wanted to know what that entry said, and they were able to clean up that scribbled entry just enough to make it out. And it said, I just fucking killed someone. I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them, and now they're dead. I don't know how to feel ATM, you know, at the moment. There was a later addition to the entry as well, and it said, It was amazing. As soon as you can get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling. It's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though right now. Okay, I got to go to church now. Laugh out loud. Alyssa would admit the only reason she killed poor Elizabeth, the only reason Elizabeth lost her life, was because Alyssa wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone. Police pulled Alyssa and her grandparents in for questioning, and her grandmother walked in there thinking that there was nothing to even worry about. But as soon as they told them about the journal and the grandmother realized what Alyssa had done. She panicked, breaking down. She couldn't even stay in the room. She had to leave. And this is when police got a confession from Alyssa. And she led them straight to the graves that she had dug, one of which contained the remains of poor, sweet Elizabeth. People theorize that the reason Alyssa dug two graves was possibly because they were intended for her younger brothers and something just went wrong and she saw an opportunity and took poor Elizabeth's life. But that's just a theory. No one knows that for certain. Police had actually been to the area where the graves were searching for Elizabeth. That's where the cell phone pings had led them to that area. But this all happened in a very short window. They got the confession from Alyssa two days after Elizabeth disappeared. So when police were searching in that area, they were searching for a living child above ground. It also seems that the searches had started at dark. For whatever reason, they did miss the graves. Alyssa pled not guilty, which I saw a lot of debate about online. People seem to feel that if you commit a crime, you should plead guilty and just take your sentencing. And I can see the logic in that. But everyone has the right to a trial based on their own circumstances. And I just don't agree with that mentality. I think confessing is the first step to taking responsibility. Pleading not guilty doesn't mean you're trying to get out of jail. I mean, sometimes it does. But it just means that you still care about your own life. And I don't know, everyone has the right to a jury trial. I do think that the journal entry is super concerning. I mean, it does not seem, there doesn't, just doesn't seem to be any remorse in that. 
it seems to indicate that Alyssa enjoyed what she had done and did not think about the consequences that it would hold for anyone else. She didn't care, you know, about the fact that a mother would be missing her child or anything like that. I do think that is really concerning. Alyssa did end up changing her plea to guilty. She took a deal. That deal left her with 60 years with the possibility of parole. I was honestly shocked by that. That would leave her about 80 when she was released. I don't necessarily disagree with that punishment because clearly she's dangerous. She took the life of a child. I just feel that adults often aren't sentenced that long, which is what I disagree with. I actually had a really good friend who was murdered last December, and the man who shot him nine times purposefully is literally walking on the streets just living his life out on bond. Two weeks after Alyssa was sentenced, they actually changed the laws. You can no longer convict a minor of murder and have them not eligible for parole. This led Alyssa to appeal, but her appeal was ultimately denied. Alyssa had to be on suicide watch in jail, and since she had nothing else to cut herself with, she would actually take her nails and cut herself. I do feel bad for her, and don't get me wrong, I think she deserves her punishment, but imagine only living a miserable 15 years. Her grandmother described Alyssa's mother as coming into her life, making Alyssa think that she would change, and then just abandoning her over and over again. Living a horrible 15 years, abandoned by your parents, and then doing something so horrific that you could never take back, ruining not only your own life, but someone else's. Alyssa did eventually, as she got older, start expressing remorse for her crimes. I mean, imagine how different you were at 15. I just imagine that even though I don't know that she'll actually be a good person, she's not going to be the same person that she was when she's 15, when she's 40. But then I think about poor sweet Elizabeth, who will never get to do anything anything she should have been able to do, learn to drive, go to homecoming, just to lay with her mom and watch movies, Halloweens, so many things that she will never be able to experience. But when I feel sorry during this case, I feel the most sorry for Elizabeth's mother. Oh my God, to have your nine-year-old beautiful girl, your heart, ripped out, ripped away. How do you even get over that? She brought a civil suit against Alyssa and Alyssa owes her more restitution than she'll ever be able to pay. And Elizabeth's mother deserves that because she deserves Elizabeth and she can't have her now. I hope with all my heart that that woman finds peace. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. And I wanted to tell you guys that me and Mandy were doing kind of a lot of like the supernatural episodes. We were going on quite a few paranormal investigations. And we actually put those episodes on their own show. 
So if you enjoy mine and Mandy's paranormal episodes, check out Paranormal Experience with Melissa and Mandy. There's a couple episodes on there that you've probably already heard if you're a coffee murder and mystery fan, but there is a new episode where we did investigate the Fort Gratiot Lighthouse. We had a lot of fun at the investigation and we got some evidence that we thought was really cool. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all new episode of Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. Stay safe, everyone. Evil people are everywhere. Bye.